How's everybody doing today? All right. I have taught this lesson a few months ago in the youth class, and uh, so I figured I'd hit it again. And, and anything you want to say, any input you got, uh, you're more than welcome to for input. We're going to go out of the book of John, 3-1. We're going to start in 3-1, and we're going to go to 3-3. And you know, something like Chris was talking about, um, <clears throat> the only hope we have in this world is Jesus Christ. And I hope you understand that. The only hope we have in this world today is Jesus Christ. The world we're looking at today on the outside is crumbling. And it's crumbling fast. And I just want you to rest assured that the only hope we have in this world is Jesus Christ. Feel, feel confident in that. Um, the message today is probably going to be, uh, there's two words you could say about it. It's be born again or cut through the chase. It's uh, in here, John is, uh, Nicodemus comes up to Jesus. And let's go to the, let's go to the words here. Would you stand while we read uh, reverence to God's word? <clears throat> Let me pray right quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for our church and our church family, Lord. I, Lord, I just ask that you give me the words to say that are your words and not mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> okay, John 3, 1, going to uh, John 3. 3.3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by the night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that, do, that you do unless God is with you. And Jesus answered saying, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can be seated. Now what I'd like to do first here, what I'd like to do first here is just explain to you who this man Nicodemus is. See, Nicodemus is the teacher of Israel. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Nicodemus is a very wealthy man. He is very highly regarded in the Pharisee world. He is, he is a scholar he is a scholar at the Old Testament. He, know, he knows these things. So we're talking about a guy who is very religious, very religious, very knowledgeable in the Old Testament. Not even comparable about of what we do. Now, the next thing is, is a Pharisee. Do you know what a Pharisee is? Do you know what, a, what it takes to be a Pharisee? A Pharisee must uh, memorize the first chapter of the Bible, the New Test, the Old Testament. Uh, they pray three times a day, eighteen time, three times a day, eighteen prayers. They tithe. They come to church every time the doors are open. They tithe. I mean, they fast twice a week, two more times than you and I. They do these things every week, every day. 
And this is the kind of man I'm trying to, to, to let you know. This guy is a religious man. He's not some yo-ho off the streets that, uh, that doesn't know God, okay? And also the Pharisees believe in God, okay? Now this isn't some guy off the street. This is a very religious man, okay? Um, <clears throat> memorize the first chapter of the Bible. How many in here has done that? How many in here fast twice today, twice a week? This is what these. This is what this man did. Um, <clears throat> let's see. You know, we think we think that we come to church for one hour on Sunday, and we punch our ticket. Compare that. Compare our life, our our Christian walk to what I just called off, to what I just said about this man who's a Pharisee, who is the teacher of Israel. How does that compare to your walk with Christ? Kind of shaky, isn't it? A little shaky. Um, you know, I talk to people at the office all the time, and they'll. You know, I've got Bibles on my desk. I do a lot of studying at my office. And people will see that Bible on my desk and they'll go, oh, so you're a Christian? I said, I am. And you know, and then you ask the other big question. Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Oh, I go to church every Sunday. Right? Isn't that what they say? I've been baptized. I go to church. So does the devil. Every Sunday. Do you hear me? There takes more to being a Christian than being baptized and going to church. But that's most of the, po most of the population uh, believe that I go to church on Sunday. I've done my time. That's good, isn't it? Right? Isn't that right? Most people believe that. Uh <clears throat> So let's go, let me, let me read one other thing. Let's go to John 3, 2. I'm just going to take, read this right quick. It says, this, there's a man, came to Jesus by night. Now this man is Nicodemus. wonder why he came at night. <laughs> wonder why he came at night. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He didn't want people to see him talking to Jesus. Okay. He didn't want people to talk. Now, it says rabbi there. Now, what does rabbi mean? Teacher, okay? Um, let's see. <clears throat> um, so you find out right there that Nicodemus believed in Jesus, right? Nicodemus believed in Jesus. Uh, hmm. Believe. Do what, buddy? Right. Right. Let me throw this at you. This word believe, uh, the, one of the favorite verses, uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Ninety percent of the people in Giles County, you ask, do you believe in Jesus? And what do they say? 
Do you know that the difference in the world's beliefs and a Christian's belief? I just happen to have those. Uh, it goes like this. The definition of believe in the worldly definition is accept as true. Okay? Feel sure of the truth. Accept as truth. Is there is belief in the world. Now, let's do, let's do the Bible's definition. That's where it gets a little tricky. Uh, it says, means more than an intellectual claim to the gospel. Uh, <clears throat> means more than an intellectual to the claim of the gospel. You know, and that what that's saying is, is because everybody you ask, I mean, believe me, I do this quite often. What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Do you believe in the Lord? Oh, yeah, I believe in the Lord. But you know, I'll get to that in a second. Listen to this. Now, here's the rest of the definition. Uh, it, this the intellection to the claim of gospel, it includes trust and commitment to Christ. Watch out now. I didn't say nothing about that in the first definition, did it? It didn't say anything about trust and commitment. Um, trust and commitment. Now, listen to this. Here's a stickler. <laughs> that produced change. Because in the book of James, what does the book of James say? Even the demons believe and they tremble. Right? So what I'm saying is there's a different belief in the way the world believes and the way we believe. Right? The way if you believe, you do a lot more and go to church on Sunday in Christ. If you believe... There's a commitment there. Goodness, who in the world wants commitment? To Christ. You know, He becomes before your family. He becomes before your kids, your wife, your husband, your sports. You know, back when my girls were pretty good athletes, except Maggie, uh, She's not here, and she'd probably agree. But I didn't let my I didn't let my kids play sports on Wednesday nights or Sundays. Now they could after church on Sunday. I look. People looked at me like I had six toes. I had Coach Hall come up to me one night. They were in a tournament, and he said, uh, walked up to me, and he said. You know, they reschedule that game for tomorrow night. And that's Wednesday night. He said, Savannah won't be there, will she? That's the difference in the way the world believes and the way a Christian should believe. You know, we have to put God first in these things because if you've noticed, everything now comes before God. Right? Um, <clears throat> Luke, no, Acts 16.31. You don't have to turn to it, I got it. We'll show it right up here. Uh, 
Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke did, okay, just in case you want to know that. Uh, and it said, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And your household, you and your household will be saved. So what is that saying? Believe and your household, you and your household will be saved. But that's a different belief, right? You got to get that, you got to remember that. It's a totally different belief in what the world believes. So I'm going to tell you something. I really didn't figure that out to here lately. Belief means two things. There's a worldly belief and there's a, there's a, a godly belief. <clears throat> now it's fixing to get a little crazy here. Let's go to John 3.3. 3. <clears throat> Jesus answered him. Answered who? Nicodemus. But Nicodemus never asked a question. Did you see that? Nicodemus never asked the question. Isn't that kind of crazy? We'll get to that in a second. And Jesus says, when Jesus, Jesus says, thank you for your compliment there, son, but you're going to hell. Do you get that? I appreciate that, man. But you're going to hell. Why? <clears throat> Why? Because you must be born again. Amen. You can do all these great things, man. You can do all these great things. You can be serving the soup line. You can, you can preach the gospel every day. You can do all these things. But unless you are born again, sorry, brother. Appreciate the compliment. And that's what Jesus is saying in a nice way. I appreciate the compliment. But unless you're born again, I have, I have nothing for you. Uh, and think about that. Think about your life for Christ. Think about what you do weekly. And think about what this Pharisee did. That's why I went over what the Pharisees believe and what Nicodemus believes. How does that compare to your life? How does that compare to your life? Because Nicodemus had it going on in the religious book. Do you hear me? In the, what we think is religious, he had it going on, man. He'd done all these things. We don't do those things. I used to fast quite a bit. I don't do those things. Probably don't do them because they work. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Jesus said you must be born again. The need for spiritual trans transformation or regeneration produced by the Holy Spirit. That's what reborn is. Transformation. Regeneration by the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Um, <clears throat> did you notice there that Nicodemus didn't ask that question? Did you notice that? That Jesus didn't, that Nicodemus didn't ask what I need to do to be saved or to get into heaven. Jesus was cutting through the chase. Jesus was cutting through the chase. Same thing you and I need to do. You know good and well 
that going to church one time a week ain't going to get you into heaven. I hope you know that. I mean, there has to be other things going on in your life of Christ. Um, <clears throat> says, Jesus read Nicodemus's heart and cut through the chase. Um, it says, a new birth is an act of God whereby eternal life is impacted, imparted to the believer. Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians 2, I mean 2 Corinthians 5.17. You really don't have to because I've got that if you want me to read it. But it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passed away, and behold, the new has come. Do you remember when that change came with you? Do you remember when that change came with you? Because I can tell you the date, probably not the time, but where I was at, because I'm going to tell you what kind of... I was a pretty good Christian man. I was a youth minister here. I was a pretty good Christian man and would have probably went to heaven. Do you get it? Would have probably went to heaven. But I wasn't sure. Uh, and what I, the day it changed for me is when I, it's kind of like playing poker. The day it changed for me, I did this right here. Lord, I'm all in. Instead, a few days before, I'd be like, Lord, you take this, but I'm going to keep this back here because I may need this later, right? <laughs> don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Lord, I'm going to give you this, but I'm going to set this back here because I may need it at another date. But when I did this right here, things changed. Immediately, things changed. I come back and I called my accountant and I said, uh, hey, Wanda, if you don't mind, I need to take Letha's car out of the business. I need to do this, I need to do this. And she's like, what in the world are you doing? She said, is your conscience bothering you? I said, no. I'm trying to get right with the Lord. Because see, I, had to I was getting, I mean, everything, you name it, was wrote through the business. But I was still going to church every Sunday. I was still doing all these things, right? I was still teaching the youth, still doing all these things but I was always holding something back here. And when you do this right here, let me tell you this other story. I was in Minor Hill about a month and a half ago writing some insurance, and a guy come out to me, and he said, you're Ronnie Lee, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, you go to church at Kevin Wells, don't you? I said, I do. He said, you know, man, and I, I talked to him a little while, he said, you know, man, I have, I, I want to come to y'all's church. I said, well, come on, you know, it's great. And he said, you know, I have been baptized twice, rededicated three times, been saved a couple of times, and he said, I never felt nothing. <laughs> and you know what the old smart, smart aleck said, don't you? That nothing happened. Right? That nothing happened. Yeah, if you don't know that you're changed, 
and nothing happened. If you have to tell somebody you're a Christian, yeah, you get my point. <clears throat> All right. Let's go to Second Peter. And you know who Peter is. Peter's the rock. Peter wrote Peter. Um, I haven't got this. I'm up with Second uh, Peter one four. Second Peter. You know, in the youth, we all have the same Bibles, so I call that the page number, and everybody scampers to it. But see, that's fixing to stop because we got to know the, the, the books of the Bible to go on the trip. So I'm going to make them work a little bit for us. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> okay. By which he granted to us his precious and very great promise, so that through him you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desires. Now what is this uh, precious and great promise? That is the promise of, of eternal and abundant life. That's what that promise is. Um, godly nature, partakers of the divine nature. Divine is, is godly. Nature is what, what you're made up of. What, nature is what you're made up of. Um, and it says there, do you have a peace? Do you have a peace? Do you have a peace about you? Because that peace only comes from the Lord. Let me throw this at you. <clears throat> everybody in this room, everybody in this world is looking for what? Peace. <laughs> Who are they looking? Who are they looking? Because I have a peace. I have a peace. But you know, most people look in the wrong places for that peace. Uh, the only peace there is, is from the Lord. Um, <clears throat> let's go to Titus. We're going to hit a few scriptures here. Titus 3.5. Who wrote the book of Titus? <laughs> Paul. Paul wrote the book of Titus. Good guess, Jack. You're all right. <clears throat> it says, he saved us. Who saved us? Jesus saved us. Not because of works done by us in, in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration, renewal of the Holy Spirit. See, there we go again. Regeneration. Regeneration. Have you, have you been born again? Have you been born again? Do you know if you died today that you would go to heaven? Have you changed? Has something in your life changed? Um, 
I'm going to go to 1 John 2.29. You don't have to go there because I got it. Who, 1 John is still Apostle John who wrote the book of John, who wrote Revelation, same guy. Uh, 1 John 2.29, it says, You know that he is righteous, righteousness. You may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. What are you practicing? What are you practicing? Do people see Christ in you? Do people look at Robert and say, you know, that's a good Christian man. Do they do that? Um, and I'm closing. I'm getting close. First uh, John 3, 9 and 10. First John is still Apostle John. Y'all ain't ever got out of church this early. Let's read this. <clears throat> no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is, or is the one who does not love his brother. <clears throat> so, again, what are you practicing? Um, because you must be born again. That's not an option. <clears throat> uh, the problem here is that Nicodemus, well, going back to Nicodemus, you know, the Pharisee who was so religious, who was going to hell. Uh, the problem with Nicodemus was... Uh, he thought that all of his religious external things he was doing, he thought all the stuff that he was doing, all the religious stuff he was doing, external religious stuff would get him into heaven. Uh, rather than the need for spiritual transformation that Jesus emphasized to him. When were you born again? Do you remember the date? Do you remember the date when you were born again? I, I told you about mine. I remember my date. Uh, you know, it's like Kevin preaches. Kevin, what Kevin says, and this has made so much sense to me. You must have a new heart, a new mind, and a new passion. If nothing, you know, just like Jelly Roll. Y'all remember Jelly Roll preached a few months ago. He got baptized like five times. It's just like he might as well be taking a shower. Can I tell you something else? A lot of times when you ask people, are they saved? A lot of times they'll say, yeah, I've been baptized. Can I give you a little information on that? You are saved. There's no spiritual benefit in baptism. You ought to be baptized. Yes, it's very, very important. There's no spiritual benefit from being baptized. You are to be saved. Baptism is a new creation, a new outward appearance, letting people know that you've been baptized. 
But I think a lot of, pe- a lot of churches and a lot of people teach that baptism is you're saved. Yeah, what saves you? And that's not true. You have to be saved. Then be baptized. Um, has anybody got any questions about anything I said today? Do you understand that a lot of us going through the acts of being a Christian, a lot of us doing things that Christian people do, ain't going to get it. A lot of good people I know, a lot of good people in our church, You've got to do more than come to church on Sunday. And I know this is a kind of harsh message that the youth get all the time. But it's something that you have to think about. Being reborn. If you haven't felt a change in you, then there wasn't. Then there wasn't a change. 